I'm Jasmine Moravi. And I'm Josie Strange Christie. And you are listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast about workplace role models where we get the opportunity to ask 60 plus questions to female influencers about their journey into STEM science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Our vision with this podcast is to raise the workplace ecosystem for women in tech. Our mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by highlighting female role models in STEM to encourage women, girls, non-binary, and transgender individuals to unleash their full potential in these fields to reach top leadership roles. And to enforce companies to build a sustainable, inclusive culture to retain diverse talent. So we keep the workforce power equal to continue building future diverse and inclusive products. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, tech queen, Dakisha Middleton, founder and executive coach at the Good Success Network. Hi, Lakeisha. Hi, Jess. It's great to be here today. I'm very happy to have you joining us. How are you? I am doing well. Life is good. I'm very happy to hear. Now, let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus questions. Okay, let's go. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? I'd say Southern, fun, authentic. How would you describe your life in three sentences? I want to say I'm grateful, purpose-driven, and abundant. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? I'm a music lover. If it's positive lyrics and a tune, that's my favorite kind of music. What's your personal motto? To whom much is given, much is required. What is your favorite book? Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. What is your favorite podcast? Ooh, it's actually Here's the Thing by Kevin Stage Studios. Mac or PC? Mac. I used to be a PC girl, but Mac. Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I am the oldest of 40 plus grandchildren. What is your hidden talent? I have an ability to know what a song is with three or less notes. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? Overcomer. Great start, Lakeisha. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Now, I want to discover your childhood. Lakeisha, where did you grow up? I grew up in a very small town called Utahville, South Carolina. That's very close to Charleston. It's in the South Carolina low country. What was your dream job as a child? To be a businesswoman that worked with computers. What was your favorite subject in school? Math. What was your least favorite subject? Reading. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? The old school Apple computer with the big floppy. And I remember having to type in DOS prompts to get to play games on it. My earliest memory of the internet was college, freshman year in college, when we were actually using Bing and Excite and Ask Jeeves to do searches. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? That HP, that TI Instruments calculator, I would say an Atari gaming system. And my first smartphone was the Palm Pilot. Who was your female role model growing up and why? I'd say my mom, because I just always admired like how hard she worked. And she worked very hard, but she's very smart as well. I'm always admired her work ethic. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influenced your education and career choice? 
I come from a community, if you've heard the African proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. That is very true to that quote. So the community literally raises their children. And that really is at the foundation of who I am and how I move throughout the world. I'm also Gen X, the generation that people tend to forget about, but we're the peace bringers. We're the ones that bring all the other generations together. And I think that gives me a certain superpower personally, but also in the industry that I work in to be like that person that brings people together to get the right thing done. Powerful, Akisha. Now, I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So, Akisha, I want to know the choices behind your career path. What did you study at university? I studied in undergrad. I started in computer engineering, actually. And after two years of really trying, I realized that was not for me because I didn't like the circuits part, the networking hardware part. And I found out about an MIS program, Management Information Systems program in the business school, which is a way better fit because I have a nice balance of people skills and technical skills. And I thrived in that program. So in undergrad, I majored in MIS and I went to Carnegie Mellon for grad school and furthered my education in IT by getting my MS in IT management. When what influenced you to get into your choice and field? To the question earlier, I've always liked computers. I've always liked technology. And I didn't know what that looked like as a child, but I knew I wanted to work. We didn't even call it technology then, right? But I knew I wanted to work with computers. Now, everyone works with computers, but the way I work with them is definitely a lot more specialized because I'm actually in IT. What professional roles have you had before that led you to the current one? I started working for the state in South Carolina. Then I worked in banking. I've worked in oil and gas. I've worked in several tech startups. And right before I launched my business, I worked in Big Five Consulting. And I would say between my industry experience and the consulting experience, that was the perfect mix to prepare me to run my own business. So what does the Good Success Network, your business do, and what is your title? I am the founder and the chief executive coach at our company. And what we do is we offer management consulting services and coaching. Anything that centers around people and change, particularly in tech, is our focus. So leadership development, diversity, equity, inclusion, cultural change, anything that makes an organization and a workplace better for people is our focus. Why did you start the company and what are your main responsibilities? I started the company because I saw a need for it in the marketplace, but also I think like so many founders, we usually start a company to represent something we saw a gap in when we were working. So that was my main reason is to create a culture with my company where I then aligned with clients that had similar values around being people focused and setting them up for success. My main responsibility is really business development, making sure I have a solid brand, making sure I'm getting the right work, and then also helping to operate the company where I need it. What does a typical workday look like for you? Oh gosh, there's no typical. It actually is. I believe in daily routines. So today is Tech Tuesday. I have a lot of my tech client calls today and I do techie things. Monday is Monday. So I have theme days that actually work really well. I'd highly suggest that. But a typical day looks like me the night before just looking at my calendar to make sure I'm ready for everything that's coming up the next day and then executing on that. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Lakeisha, what do you love about your role? 
I love seeing the impact that I make on the other side. I always try to leave a place better than I found it. And that's the most rewarding thing for me. What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? The best experience is really getting to know who I am outside of titles and corporate mindset. And I'm still learning. And what is the biggest challenge of a character so far and how did you tackle it? Rebuilding my network after leaving corporate, I would say, has been challenging, but definitely not impossible. But I'm at the point now where I have, I would say, as strong or a stronger network than I did before. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? It's okay to raise your hand and ask for help. What is the common myth about your professional field that you want to disapprove? That is woo-woo or not measurable. I think when you do people work, it can be challenging to quantify the impact of that. But you can research any stat and see that the work that we do just help companies to be better overall. So I would say it's very critical work. What do you love about working in the tech industry and as a coach? What I love about working in tech is it's always changing. And that works for me because I get bored with work very easily. Being a coach, I love being able to partner with people and just guide them along the way. So I'm not necessarily giving them the answers, but I'm giving them the safe space to find the answers that they need. Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, Think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. So Lakeisha, what have by far been your biggest achievement in your career? I would say is actually operating my business, most of it during the pandemic and doing well. That's a big deal to me. And it's something that I don't take lightly. What's the biggest factor that's helped you become successful in any success habits? Oh, yes. I really believe in failing fast. It's all lessons. So I don't look at failure as failure. I look at it as what am I learning from the situation and how can I apply what I've learned as I move forward? How do you measure your own performance? I'm big on goal setting. I'm a project manager as well. So I'm big on writing things down, but I'm also a big supporter of adjusting where you need it. Goals are not set in stone and hard. They should be adjusting depending on how the industry is changing, how your life is changing, what makes sense today. Definitely writing things down, measuring those things and holding yourself accountable. What would you say is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? That's a good question. I'd say not launching sooner, not betting on myself sooner. I waited longer than I could have, but I didn't realize that until I actually did it. What is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? The possibilities. The world is changing so much and it can be very uncomfortable for a lot of us because there are so many moving parts in so many different ways. But I think looking at the challenges that we're now seeing as opportunities to make a difference, to fill a gap, to fill a need is what I'm most excited about right now. Let us now jump into the influence of mentorship and role models. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, mentors can guide us through our career journey and open up the world of possibilities. Lakeisha, do you have a mentor today? Yes, I have a few mentors for different reasons. I'm a business mentor. I have a mentor that is just like a big sister, always looking out for me, but understands what this journey is like and can hold me accountable. And I have, I would say, a personal mentor that just wants to see me be healthy and live life and just do well. Who is the female role model you look up to in your field? Oh, in my field, in tech. This is hard because I know so many amazing women. I'd 
say Arlen Hamilton is definitely one of my faves. She's overcome a lot in her life and to be the success that she is now. Arlen Ham Hamilton is a venture capitalist and she went from dire straits, right, to doing really well right now. She's a Black woman, so she creates a path for a lot of other women of color and women just in general in venture capital, which is a field that is still extremely white male driven. So I admire her for that. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors and role models in business than women. Lakeisha, how important do you think is to have a role model or mentor during one's career? I think it's critical because a mentor is someone who's gone along a similar path that you want to now go along. A mentor really helps you to avoid some of the pitfalls that they experience and things that you really don't have to because they're guiding you along. So I'm big on mentors and I think they're very important. I've been very fortunate to have a mentor in my entire career during different phases. That has changed, but it's been critical to my success. Let's move on to leadership. Shirley Sambar, CEO of Facebook, said, I quote, Leadership is about making others as a result of your presence and making sure that the impact lasts in your absence. Lakeisha, what does leadership mean to you? I define it as, I don't want to use the word leading, but it is moving by example. You are doing more through your actions and your words, and you have integrity. The actions that you do take actually align with your words. But it's really about being a good example and someone that people would want to follow if they choose to do so. What do you consider a good versus a bad leader? Ooh, that's a good question. Good leader is authentic, trustworthy, gives you enough space to grow without stifling you. So no micromanagement. They believe in you when you don't believe in yourself. And they're visionary. I think a good leader has to have vision, not only for their team, but for them. Bad leaders just are self-serving and selfish really only focus on their advancement and not the advancement of the people that they have been appointed to impact. Who is your favorite female tech leader and why? One of my faves is definitely Melanie Parker, who is the chief diversity officer at Google, just because I've seen just over the last couple of years, even her growth and just the way that she shows up. A lot of things that I mentioned, the authenticity, the doing what you say you're going to do and actually being about who you say you are. So I really admire Melanie Parker. How would you describe yourself as a leader? I definitely lead with a love for people. I generally hear about people and their well-being, and that's how I lead. But I also lead with my head and knowing when to draw proper boundaries in order to allow people to develop properly. And as a leader, what values are most important to you? For me, integrity is big. Integrity is number one. I think if you have integrity, everything kind of takes care of itself. What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today? Not being afraid to make mistakes. And I'm big now on failing fast, but I wasn't always that way. As a um, Black woman who was told that you can't really, you have to be twice as good and you really don't have the grace to fail, that gets drilled into your head and it can be overwhelming. So I think that giving myself permission to not only fail, but to share that story and not to make it look like I have it all together, but to share that with others that see you because you make it look so easy and they think, they're failing and they don't feel comfortable talking to you about it because you have it all together. But just sharing, being vulnerable about what the journey really looks like to leadership is really important. What are your strengths and your weaknesses? 
So I don't believe in weaknesses as a coach, but I would say I believe everyone has innate strengths and they can be overused or underused. And weaknesses I look at more so as areas of improvement. But I would say my strengths are definitely developing people, getting stuff done, and then bringing those two things together with getting the right people in the room to get the thing done that they hired me to do. So building those relationships very quickly in an authentic way to get the goal accomplished are definitely some of my strengths. My areas of improvement, I'd say, is betting on myself. I analyze things a lot before I move forward and sometimes you just have to do it. So definitely something I'm working on. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unlocking the power of diversity, equality, inclusion, and belonging. Lakeisha, what do diversity, equality, inclusion, and belonging mean to you personally? Like I mentioned, I'm very proud to be a Black woman. So to me personally, it is making the path a little easier for those who are coming after me. Because although I had some advocates in the workplace, it was very difficult being in tech from the late 90s up to date. So it really is about making it a little easier and clearing that path for others. From the standpoint of actually doing DEI work, I feel like I play that role between I'm talking to the people because I coach and I do leadership development, but I'm also talking to the leaders in these organizations to say, here's what people are saying. Here's what the industry is doing. Now, how are you going to prepare for that? So it's almost like I'm in this mediator role, which is back to my Gen X comment, is right on speed. But playing that mediator and the person that brings both sides together so we can just have a better workplace for everyone. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company again? The first thing I look at, honestly, is I go on LinkedIn and I look at the leadership team. Is there diversity in the leadership team? That is extremely important to me. Another thing is their corporate social responsibility. So what are they doing outside of their main work to impact communities? How are they doing financially? How do they take care of their people? So I ask questions always in the interview process to figure out if they're a people or profits company. And we know that every company is profits, but it does matter to me that our core values align. As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier in your career and how have you overcome these challenges? As a woman is allowing success to be defined for me instead of doing it for myself. We all have things that we learn in childhood about what success looks like. We have things that, depending on the industry we're in, they define success for us. But we don't always start to think, how do I measure success? Like for my life, for my past, what does that look like? And I I wish I would have done that sooner. I don't believe in regrets. It was just a lesson learned. But definitely one thing I'm really big on, and is another reason I started my company, is really creating that space for people to define and redefine as much as possible success and what that looks like for them during different seasons of their life. Why do you think it's important for more women to join the tech industry, especially as leaders? It's because representation is so important. And you hear some people say, you can't be what you can't see. It's true to a certain extent. Some of us are really resilient and we push through, even when we don't see ourselves. But it really just makes a difference, especially when you think about kids in STEM, being able to see that representation there. But one of the reasons I stayed in corporate as long as I did was to bring others along and to help the diversity efforts at the company that I was at previous to launching my own company. So I think there's a certain responsibility, not to your detriment. So be careful with that. But there is a certain responsibility that you do have to bring others along and to be that representation that people can look up to. Do you and how do you speak with your female male colleagues about diversity, quality, inclusion, challenges, especially salary gaps? 
that's a good one. I will tell you, it's a lot easier to speak to my female colleagues because we're the ones experiencing it. I will say I'm not experiencing it as much as I used to, but there's still work there. But that's only because I'm learning a lot about the gaps. And to be honest, I have male colleagues that I go to when it comes to any type of opportunity or salary negotiation because they just think differently. It's just the reality that I'm faced with. As far as my male colleagues, it is just having open, honest conversation. I'm not really shy or one to, you know, hold back when it comes to things like that. I don't think the conversation with my male colleagues are harder. I just approach it differently. There are many public and internal discussions about the barriers women face from reaching higher position in the tech industry. How do you feel it has affected and is affecting you? And what is your advice on how to best unlock these roadblocks? For women moving up and reaching higher positions in tech industry, those types of things, I always say the example and the leadership really is set from the top down. If the CEO believes in advancement for all people, that's going to be a lot. You'll see that a lot more within a company if the CEO does not or if it's not a critical initiative. Also, the mindset DEI should report into the CEO, CO, not into HR, because it is a corporate effort. It's not just an HR effort. And when DEI sits there, it makes big difference. But women having support, not only a mentor, but a sponsor within the organization that is truly allocated to make sure that they get promoted the way that they desire to and that they are set up for success is extremely important. So sponsorship, but also putting in employee resource groups that are effective because they're not all effective in other, whether it's women leadership programs, especially at middle management is critical because that is a spot either women stay stuck They leave corporate altogether or they move up. So really targeting that middle management area to make sure that you're investing in your people. As the tech industry finds it hard to especially retain women, what is your best advice or strategy for how companies can work to build a stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity and equality? It is not being afraid to have the hard conversations and facing things head on. So getting the right people in your organization that can address these issues, but actually asking the women at your company what they need. Because there's companies of 40 people that are smaller and there are a company of 40,000. <laughs> so how you run one company is not necessarily the way you run the other, but asking your employees what they need is the best way. And of course, rationalizing that data, but it is one of the best ways to get the feedback on, and especially the women in your company or taken care of. And then putting in programs like parental leave, like longer parental leave. The fact of the matter is even in gender diversity, women still, the role of the caretaker still falls on women, mostly in family structures. That is a reality. That's why we saw so many women leaving the workplace during COVID. So just really being honest about where we are, the world has changed. The world of work has changed. So being honest about that and then addressing it accordingly. What would you say are the few challenges of implementing diversity, quality, inclusion and belonging culture in a workplace today? I would say some companies, the leadership, they don't know where to start, but they won't ask for help. They try to figure it out on their own or they're just really ignorant to the fact that they need help because they think they have it all together, even though everything is saying they don't. I think another challenge is back to representation. If your leadership team is all white male and not saying white males cannot empathize because honestly, like most of my friends are white males. I'm in tech, right? But the reality is having someone that represents women on that leadership 
leadership team really goes a long way. We always talk about tying DEI efforts to stats when it really should be, it's just the right thing to do. Why do you need all these statistics to take to the board when either you're taking care of your people or you're not? Either your women are advancing or they're not. I think it really all comes down to back to our other question. What's a good leader? Good leaders care about their people first and foremost. And if that's the case, it's going to be a lot easier for them to put the right things in place to get the help that they need to do so. Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having workplace gender diversity and equality, especially better gender representation than at sea level? There's a ton of stats. I don't have them handy right now, but about how companies make more money. The innovation is higher with better gender diversity. Women just, they see things differently. They approach things differently. Women are more likely to lead with both sides of their brain. Not in one stereotype, but men are more analytical, but they're very one plus one is two. Whereas women are looking at one plus one is two. Bring that diversity of thought and diversity of background just always promotes a richer experience. And then also the clients that you work with. There are some clients that if they don't see them in the room or they don't think you're diverse enough, you're going to lose business. That's where we are in the current state of things. So it pays. It shouldn't have to pay, but the reality is diversity also does pay. So if you need that as a reason, it just makes sense. So how much do you think the tech industry has changed regarding this subject since you joined? Ooh, that's a loaded question. We have progressed. Won't take away from that. But in a lot of ways, we've gone, I wouldn't say backwards, but we've stagnated. But any big change like this takes time. But definitely see more women in leadership, more people of color in leadership. But the thing is, how do we make sure that they get roles that they can succeed in, just like everyone else, and that it's just equal opportunity for everyone. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break the bias? I didn't know, but the structure of employee resource groups and just having a space for people to go to to discuss things that are common to that one group is very impactful. That's something I maybe would have launched before I actually got into an organization that had those structured already. And looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias for the next generation of women in tech beyond your coaching? I'm going to continue to show up. I'm going to continue to challenge my clients that are the C-levels that are making the decisions. I'm going to continue to go to bat for people. My social media handle is the people techie because I'm just like, yeah, I'm for the people, right? Like I'm in tech, but I really am for the people and I want to see them succeed. And I want the companies to win too, because if the companies win, then the people can do better. So just really owning that role of bringing companies and people together so that we can just have a better workplace for everyone. That's my role. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is workplace life balance and mental health. Lakeisha, you have without a doubt a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain a good mental health? Boundaries, boundaries. So setting boundaries for other people and really making sure that I'm being mindful of my time, but setting boundaries for myself because I know I can have a tendency to overwork or to do too much. So boundaries are important. Have you ever experienced burnout? Oh, absolutely. Repeated burnout, especially coming from consulting. Unfortunately, that's a very common thing. I've experienced burnout several times. And right now I'm very proud because I'm usually able to stop it before it happens. I tackled burnout by resting, but also by setting boundaries around the things that caused me to burn out in the first place. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? Knowing that I'm making a positive impact. What is your advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in the new now? Get a wellness, whether it's specialists in your HR or in your company in general, having someone there that is truly focused on the wellness of your employees can be a game changer. 
Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and piece of advice for our listeners. Lakisha, what is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? Failure isn't final. You can always come back. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle that? Honestly, is anything around acting like someone else to succeed, whether it's executive presence, when it really just means act like a white male, right? You have to golf to network. You have all of these narratives that we've been taught were the worst pieces of advice. I wish I would have just been myself sooner and, and known that it was okay. There's something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry. Networking. I didn't really know the power of networking at that time. You hear them say your network is your net worth. And that can be cliche, but it's really true, especially as a business owner. But even if you don't own your business, like that's typically how you get your next role at your next company. So really networking is just building relationships, but really investing in those relationships and making sure that they're high quality and nurtured is super important. If you had the ability to go back in time when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? It's okay to mess up. Giving myself the grace to mess up and to be okay with that, not feeling like I had to be perfect. I am a recovering perfectionist. And giving myself permission to not be perfect would be the one piece of advice I would give to my younger self. And then what advice would you give to young girls and women wanting and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become the next generation leaders? I would welcome them with open arms and just say you can do it. Even if you're the first or one of the few, you can do it. It's okay for girls to like STEM things too. Who you are is who you are. Really own that. The things that you love or the things that you love, if you're the awkward girl, then own the awkwardness. Just really be who you are and grow into that. And if STEM is one of the things that you want to do, you absolutely can succeed at it. Lakeisha, last but not least, what is next for you? What are your career aspirations going forward? I'm actually in true for planning now, so we'll see what comes up next year. But I'm very clear on my mission going forward, which is what I described earlier, is really playing that role between corporations and the people to make this a better workplace. I'm going to continue in the path I'm on. I feel very good about the path that I'm on. Like, I know why I'm here in this world and I know the impact I'm going to make. And I'm just going to stay on that path and own it. I love it. Like you shot, so powerful. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast, sharing your journey with, without a doubt, inspire change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women in tech. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to hello at queensof.tech. For more podcast episodes and on how to support the Queens of Tech initiative, visit queensof.tech.